Welcome y'all to the Black Hoof Saloon, a Wild West Exodus podcast. Mosey on up to the bar and get yourself a bottle of fire water or a glass of sarsaparilla and listen to some good old yarns about adventures of law dogs, outlaws, and weird creatures. So set a spell, water your ride, or your rider, and get ready to tune up your posses. This is the Black Hoof Saloon. Howdy, howdy, all you bar dogs, and welcome back to Black Hoof Saloon, a Wild West Exodus podcast. This is Eric here again, once again with you. Holy cow, that needs some editing. <laughs> yeah, we're here again, once again. And I am joined, as always, with Brian and Tom. Say hey, guys. Hey, guys. Hey, howdy, everybody. Oh, you, you stole Brian's uh, gimmick there, Tom. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not an original character. I just play one on TV. <laughs> I want to start off uh, today's episode and thanking everybody that uh, you know emailed us or messaged us and said, "Hey, congratulations for our one year anniversary episode we had uh, last month," and we appreciate it. We want to say thank you to everybody that actually still listens to us ramble on and just talk about nonsense. So. Uh, it means a lot to us. I don't talk about nonsense. I don't know what you're t- talking about. I'm talking about nonsense. <laughs> I only speak sense. Two cents? We make sense of this game. Yes. <laughs> don't don't That's what we do. Don't get him going, Brian. He'll he'll pull out his big old book. I'll throw the book at you. <laughs> So, what have you guys been working on? Uh, you guys got anything cool to start off the show with today? Uh, I've been working on my, very slowly, my Warrior Nation wolves that I got at uh, Adepticon. And I kind of got sidetracked and started working on some terrain that I picked up there also, like the saloon and the cat house. Uh, no paint yet, though. I've been working on Redacted. <laughs> quite a bit of it this past week a lot of redacted redacted it's really awesome but it's redacted <laughs> okay to, to be fair we all know i don't actually work on things <laughs> you just you just pull them out and look at them a little bit tom uh i don't even do that <laughs> <laughs> I, I dream I dream dreams of playing again one day. Oh, you'll get there. You'll get there. Oh, oh, you mean painting and stuff? Yeah, no, I've been painting. I've been working on. Uh, oh, I finally found the shoulder pad to one of my uh, Nick's cohorts that like mysteriously disappeared. Is that the shoulder pad you dropped like months ago and couldn't find yeah, it? It was, and uh, this poor guy was sitting over there unpainted. In the hopes that I'd find it, and I found it. <laughs> nice. And it was behind the desk, like you know, where I couldn't reach it. I had to. I moved. I was cleaning out from under my desk because I had like a little plastic uh, mat down, so you know your your chair with wheels doesn't get you know bound up in the carpet. Well, that cracked enough to where I had to replace it. So I I was tossing it, and while I was under there cleaning. I moved the desk out a little bit and reached behind and boom, found it. I was like, 
Heck yeah, so I'm bringing him up to the same level as all the work and progress of the others. Nice, a winner is you. And I would have, <laughs> I would have wrote that thing off a long time ago because that was a while ago. It was, you know, but I've been working on these guys for a while, and you know, slow pace. I've been tinkering with these guys, uh, Jedrick, Legendary, my Mealy Jedrick that I kit bashed, and Legendary Nura. So I've been tinkering with a bunch of stuff. You usually nice. do have like a a large selection of models that you're working on on your desk yeah i i get i get bored and i'll just start something different (laughs) (laughs) and go back and go yeah i gotta work on that and then i'll work on it for a little bit and get distracted again well it's one way to make progress on a lot of models i guess right so a lot of these if i want to use them they they've got more than three colors so they're technically table ready there you go nice but i like to you know go nuts on all the little all the little details so i tend to keep working on them all right so tom i saw you posted the other day that uh there's some news coming from your neck of the woods yeah pax unplugged got announced uh, it's the first weekend of december uh december 6th through 8th uh i'm gonna be there mike pierce is gonna be there uh I hope everybody else will be there. I'm sure uh, Jan's going to be there again because it's so close for him, too. I'm pretty sure he said he will be there. Um, so I, I'm really looking forward to that. It's, you know, it's local. I can get go do fun things. Uh, I hope you guys can come. I'm going to try. Uh, I mean, we had a lot of fun last year. So, I mean, the worst part of it for me is the 12-hour drive, but... Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was it was a real good response last year, um, and I know like we were trying to do something, uh, some open play and stuff, and that place was just packed. Yeah, I think we learned a lesson about that. Yeah, yeah. And they said it's they're expecting it to be even bigger this year. So, you know, uh, we're gonna have to get on that, get some space, uh, maybe get down in the tournament area, get some space. Yeah, it definitely seemed like there was more space down there, and. Um, didn't you mention that Mike uh, Mike Pierce was talking about maybe organizing something a little more formal, like a, a, a tournament or something, right? He was talking about maybe doing a Friday night tournament, which I think would be you know pretty cool. Um, I'd like to get something going on Saturday uh, during the day, whether that's open play or a tournament. Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, but I, I'd li- I'd like to get something going then, uh, so that people have a place to go down after getting a demo, and you know, run down and buy their stuff, put their crap together, and start playing. Yeah, I would think too. After last year, a lot of local people diving in, and the way that Mike is doing, you know, demos and uh, at different stores, and he's really been trying to build a community in that area that there's going to be a lot of local people there. Yeah, Mike has been like demo king. So uh, he's really he's really been doing a great job of getting the game out there, getting the concepts out there, uh, demoing for people, having play nights at, very, at multiple different stores. Uh, so he's doing a great job. So yeah, that'd be something to look forward to. Like I said, I'm going to, I got to figure that out. Uh, I know I got a little bit of time, but I don't want to wait too long to get, tickets and all that that stuff yeah it's just we'll see we'll see how it shakes it out like uh, i mentioned to you we're 
talking about different shows coming up like Gen Con and stuff too. And it's like, I don't know if I'm going to make it to Gen Con this year. Um, right. And I know for sure if I don't hit that one, I'm definitely going to hit up PAX then. Well, you got a place to stay if you want it. Uh, we still have, we still have to drive in after that, but yeah, you know, always grab a couch. All right, I have to keep that in mind, and I'm not allergic to any kind of critters. Uh, I don't have any critters because I'm allergic to all of them. My critters. If I make it, I, I promise not to bring any critters. <laughs> now, what, what are you going to bring? Scorpions. <laughs> Scorpions and cows. Yeah, scorpions and cows. I'll bring. I'll bring a baby cow. <laughs> call, call him Norman. <laughs> Don't forget your uh, your horse too. You got You can't forget your horse, Brian. Being from you know where you are. <laughs> right. So yeah, I'll, I'll leave the month before and I'll I'll ride him up. <laughs> nice. <laughs> then you you go home and I'll be like, yeah, screw you from the horse you rode in on. <laughs> All right. I think today we're going to probably talk a little bit of, uh, we mentioned doing demos and stuff. We're going to talk a little bit today about Warhost and uh, we're going to try and get some guests on the show and go over a little bit of what all that entails. And uh, we also have another little short segment for you guys that's kind of centered around uh, getting different models and collecting them. So why don't we go ahead and get this rodeo started, guys? All right, let's get it on. Man, I was I was I was like serving one up to him, and I didn't get nothing. Huh? What? <laughs> well, I said rodeo, and I didn't get a yeehaw. <laughs> I was I'm like, who? I'm like, who got served? <laughs> anyway, let's move on. <laughs> I don't know. If you really, really want one, uh, don't you have those like saved on a sound bar or something? I probably do at this point. I could pull them off. I mean, you should. I mean, I got. Okay, so I'll tell you something funny. So I'm, I'm driving. I don't even. I think I was headed to pick up my daughter, and flipped the channel to, you know, one of the country stations, and. Guess what song starts coming on? And I immediately think of of you guys in a podcast. Um, save a horse, ride a cowboy. <laughs> I'm thinking. No. I'm thinking. Push Rhinestone. it. Rhinestone cowboy. Oh, Rhinestone cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, back it up, laugh. Yeah, Mary actually likes that song. Well, doesn't everybody like that song? Uh, no. <laughs> I was. I know Brian to, likes that song. I was. Yeah, Brian likes it. <laughs> I was forced to grow up listening to country music, so I really don't like country music now. That's country music. I never considered that country music. Yeah. That's pop. That's pop. Rhinestone cowboy. Yeah, I never considered that really countryish. No, I don't know. No. That was that's real country. The no, country is no, more more depressing than that. Country's all about depression. I mean, my my parents listen to like you know the Oak Ridge Boys and Alabama and oh man, play me some mountain music. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. That's that seventies country. See that mountain over there? <laughs> One of these days, I'm going to climb that mountain. 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 
<laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Bad. No. That's oh, that's mountain music, man, by Alabama. <laughs> Probably why I went the way I went with music taste. Bad. Well, no, loud. I went the loud <laughs> metal way. Whoa! Listen to us rambling on. And after I said we were gonna move on, so like I said. Let's get this rodeo started, guys, and move on to our first couple segments in the show today. (laughs) All right, guys. So for this segment, I actually wanted to just have a little bit of a discussion about... uh, what makes us junkies for buying models in the game? Uh, you know, I see a lot of posts on the Dark Council and other people saying, what do I buy? What do I buy next for this posse? Go with this posse. And I kind of want to just maybe start start a, just a discussion about this of kind of what drives us to get models. I mean, there's so there's there's different players in the game, and some of us... I'm not going to mention names, like to buy everything. And then there's there's other other people. Those people are crazy. <laughs> there's other people in the game that just kind of look at it as getting models just for their faction, you know, like the players So versus the collectors. Um, wh- what do you guys think it is? I mean, I, I'm a collector. I've always been a collector. Uh you know, whether it was comic books or different types of action figures or, you know, whatever. As, as one of those, I'm one of those people that when I dive into something hobby-wise, it's like I got to have it all. So, uh, and I think a lot of it with Wild West Exodus is the models. They're beautiful. God knows I got more than I can paint right now downstairs. But I think that's one of the things that draws me into getting anything, everything. Um. For me, I'm I'm not a collector. Um, I like to have pieces available for whatever faction I want to play. Um, but generally speaking, I will go after the pieces I need for the next list that I planned out. Okay. Uh, usually, and usually that's around a tournament. And uh, when I do get to play, I will generally play the hell out of a single list um, to learn it inside and out, to learn intricacies, to put it up against different lists to to find out what its weaknesses are. Because let's face it, every list has weaknesses as well as strengths. And uh, so that's kind of how I go about it is – my purchases come off of list planning, not off of collecting. I don't go, oh my god, that's the new coolest thing. <laughs> um, I sit, I sit there and go, well, if I was, you know, does that fit into a list? Does it fit into something that I like to play? Um, if it doesn't, I don't bother with it. That makes me sad. <laughs> <laughs> so, if yeah, me and Brian are kind of in that same school that we we like all the shiny new and shiny cool and. We just want it because it it just looks cool, right? So yeah, my, so I, I mean, under the old Wildest Exodus, I I literally I had to have it all. I think the one faction I probably don't have didn't I I mean actively go and and try to get some everything was the Enlightened, and it wasn't because I didn't like the Enlightened. It was just in 
in my, I guess, the order of what I was going to eventually paint, that was going to be one of my last factions I was going to paint. So I was like, there's no hurry to grab things. So, so otherwise, I would I would see something new and cool. I would go, oh well, yeah, I'm eventually going to need that, so I would buy it. Uh, but War Cradle, with re-releasing models that I already have in boxes, where there may be only one new model, so it's kind of slowed me down. So there's a few things that War Cradle put together that they have that you know I just haven't bought yet because. They then will put out a, a posse box full of things I don't have, like the dark, the dark nation. You know, that most of that box was all brand new. Yeah. You know, right. Well, you know, Wicca Sancy was a repeat, but her sculpt was completely redone and just it's beautiful. Awesome, so. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, I had to get it. And then, you know, I got I have a repeat of five, uh, Creation Five from the Enlightened, but. That was because that was an awesome box again. Galvanic Mysteries. Every other model in there I didn't have, so it was like kind of a no-brainer. So I jumped at that one as well. So is it, it? But there are still some boxes I don't have. Like uh, so, technically now I'm not not the I have to have it all, knowing that I would probably eventually have it all. <laughs> I, I just now. I am selectively grabbing things that I I, I think I, uh, you know, I pick up. So there are some, There's it's a stack of things that I have to buy, but I, I'll get to it eventually. Again. <laughs> nice. Well, I mean, Portal I agree Grand with Guard you is, on, on... It's my next one, so, you know, that, that's, a, <laughs> that's a must. Even though that's a lot of repeats, I'll be grabbing that. Right. Well, and I, and I agree with you. That's one of the things that's held me off of buying uh, a lot of stuff. Like I bought Infernal Investigations because it was all new. Um, I have not gotten Ranger Showboat because I have all of it except for Calamity Jane. And I, yeah, would I like to have Calamity Jane? Sure. Yeah, but I've got all of it. Send me one. <laughs> 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 Anybody want to send me a Calamity Jane? That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can package that up with the iron horses that I'm getting sent, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> how, how many of those have I gotten so far? <sighs> Come on, listeners, pony up! They keep showing up my house. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> well, that's that. They just go to you first for assembly and painting, then you send them on. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, that that's kind of, I guess, me and Brian are along the same boat where it's the, there's certain models that pique our interest because it's just, you know, the aesthetic of the model. And we're both collectors and we just want to get it. Um, I know some people will get a model just because it looks like it's fun to paint uh, or it's, you know, probably going to be fun to play with. And then, like, and I, I totally see what you're saying too, Tom, where... You know, there's a lot of people that may be under a budget, and that's where we we see a lot of people asking, "What do I get next to go with this posse?" You know, they don't, you know, they're limited on their their gaming funds, so they want to make sure they get something that will either help a uh, uh you know a current posse build that they got going, and like you said, Tom, or what's the next step? You know, what can I, what other avenue can I take this little build? So. 
Right. Um, there's also the additional thing, uh, at least for me, of I don't get to play much, so I can't justify buying a ton of stuff. You know, it, in my own head, I'm like, I'm like, ah, that looks cool, but when am I going to ever get to use it? Um, <laughs> you know, so generally a lot of my play just bases around whatever uh, – you know, conventions I can get to, or, uh, you know, if something's coming up, you know, maybe a local tournament or something, most of what I do will be based around that. Yeah. There's, there's actually been many times that I've, uh, I've ordered something that if, you know, I didn't have it already because, uh, we had something big coming up that it's like, Oh, I want to try something new and different instead of working on what I'm already working on. And yeah, I I need to have it all. <laughs> kind of goes back to it. I think I think there might be something wrong with my my head. Maybe I got like an alien brain or something. <laughs> Been replaced with a mimic by a mimic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like I said, that's kind of you know I think that's in all of us that do buy a lot of that that stuff. Uh, it, it's like the. Um, the collector aspect, but then there's a lot. A lot of times, I look at it. It's like, well, if I just have everything already, I don't have to, you know, have that need of a certain model when I do need it because I'll already have it. I'll just go downstairs and pull it out and build it up, and you know that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> that sounds a little extreme, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know why you don't build it when you get it I, I, I don't know time but i still gotta have it and then i yeah, know I say knowing then I, I have a full of miniatures <laughs> i haven't built yet and then i know i have it <laughs> see my problem lately has been actually the terrain i constantly get terrain because i want to have a nice variety of uh, buildings or scenery that i can you know I, I'm trying to do the Will Mac, you know, and have different table themes when I set up my game days. Or then, like, if I... I think of late, like, when I became a war host, it was one of those things that I, I started getting more of the box sets, so I had more variety when I went to demo days. So I could show off, okay, there's all this different, you know, like, flavors of ice cream right. for people so they can see a wide selection. Yeah, I do the same. It, it, like, if I'm just going and it's just a tournament, I pro- I don't bring everything. But if I'm do- doing a demo day, I will. I'll bring stuff from every faction. That way, people can walk by and see like the variety. Yeah. Although they, I, I do admit, they see more lawmen and uh, order than any other faction. <laughs> <laughs> those are the two factions I have the most painted. For. Well, those are kind of the go-to factions in the game too. Is your your lawman for one you know and i well and a lot of people are drawn to the outlaws too so i think that one being as big as it was it's just like there was so much to pick from so of course i just got a lot more of it yeah well i think that kind of covered you guys got anything more to say i mean we kind of covered it was just a little simple question i wanted to have a little discussion about uh you know and kind of show the the comparison of collectors or hobbyists versus the 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 gamer. So we kind of cover both sides of it here on the show. Um, and I I know there's people out there. And uh, if you guys have some 
comments that you want to make of this about this little question of you know why do you buy everything or why do you just get what you need go ahead and send us a message you know on facebook or an email we'd like to hear some of your guys thoughts on the question of you know what makes us junkies in wild west exodus or not uh when it comes to buying models and uh i think that's gonna wrap it up unless you guys got anything more to say no i think we're good okay uh, we'll go ahead. To the next oh, wait. Well, we could say, you know, we can t- say to work rate, I'll kind of slow down so we can keep up with them. <laughs> Me and you anyway, yeah. Brian. No? No. no. Don't, don't slow down for my account. <laughs> <laughs> well, like you said, you'll get them eventually. I'll get them eventually. But uh, Stuart teases, teases the community and us a little too much for me to want things to slow down. Mm-hmm. He's still got some stuff that I, I want to see splash. Yeah, definitely. I'm hoping we see some uh, splashing coming up soon here with the, is it the UK Games I, Expo? With the redacted? The, yeah, with the redacted. <laughs> yeah, he said something somewhere. That I mean, any time they come together in some kind of community event like that, there's a chance for us to see something that we haven't seen before or... Uh, see something that's on the way or splash something, you know, amazing. Like they just showed another one of the spoilers for the next pre-orders. And it's, it's, it's a not apparent when you first see the little tiny icon, because it's a new sculpt of a model we've seen. Okay. Right. So it, it was kind of neat. It took a while. It, you know, it was pretty fast. Again, we have a lot of really good eyes in the Dark Council, you know, community. So it, it didn't take long for somebody to point it out that it was the Vermilion Ber- uh, Sentinel. So he, he, was, he used to be called the Destroyer, and he's got the big wide open maw of a yeah, mouth. that's right. Cannon that now is a portal cannon. Well, so... Uh, they got a new fresh art in the, in the store for a while ago, and one of them shows it has like a, some kind of spiky blade. So the hand with the big spiky blade was the hint. So someone saw it and was like, hey, that's it. We now have it's going to be two different models. So it's probably going to be like a two-pack similar to some of the other support packs that we've seen. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Because now the artwork has got one of each pose in the picture so it'll be similar to like the gray specialist that we just saw so should be interesting all right cool i think i i think i said we'll move on i don't know <laughs> i'll edit it <laughs> either way we're starting to ramble on again so why don't we go ahead and wrap up this segment whatever makes you Guys a junkie for Wild West Exodus models, whether it's because you got to have everything and you tend to go towards the painting hobby end of collecting, or if you're just, you know, building onto existing posses and, you know, you're the gamer. And remember, it it's basically comes down to it's all about having fun uh, with the game. So we'll go ahead and move on.
All right, guys. This segment, we got some special guest in the old saloon today, and we're going to kind of tackle the subject of the Warhost program a little bit. And what we got today is we got some, what'd you call it, Jan? You call it legendary demo guys. <laughs> so we got Jan and Mike, who some of you may have seen if you were at Adepticon. They were at those tables like all day, just giving gazillions of demos for everybody out there. And none other than Brian's here with me. And hopefully uh, Tom might join us a little bit later. He's probably stuck in traffic right now. <laughs> I know how the traffic is around the uh, the Philly area. <laughs> so uh, we may I see him. I thought he was on mute. Oh, yeah. He's probably on mute. <laughs> Sorry, Depending Tom. On the type of traffic, he's probably not very mute at all. Oh, yeah. True. So, welcome, Mike. Welcome, Jan, to the Black Hoof Saloon. Thank you, Eric. I'd like to point out real quick that you didn't address us by our proper titles. Oh, yeah. It's Mike minus four Pierce and Jan, <laughs> war host with the most phalange. So, there you, there you go. go. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> we were talking about uh, names the other day with Tom, me, Tom, and Brian. And uh, it's like we were talking about uh, Brandon and... I'm like, okay, who's everybody's name? So when I introduce them, I introduce them right. And Tom goes, War Cradle. Their all last name is War Cradle. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, big big family. It's one of the most interesting inbred families that you'll find. They, they, they're covered the entire country. I call Brandon Florida Man just because. <laughs> but just because. Let's go ahead and jump into it. So we are going to talk about the War Host program. And... Um, we want to cover just briefly what the program is and why somebody might want to do one. So, like I said, round table, somebody just jump in and start yakking. That's what this, this segment's all about. All right, well, I'll start. Um, I became a war host because I was a deputy from the previous version of the game. So as soon as they, they flipped the light switch on to the program, you know, I knew I was going to do it. So I sent in my stuff and been chatting with Gary and now uh, with Brandon and you know, the war cradle guys, it's just, it's just an awesome thing. So I was doing it mainly because I, I want to increase the number of players I have here in the Houston area. And I really just enjoy babbling about this game and, uh, you know, paying the model for everything. <laughs> no, not you, Brian. <laughs> I think there's what, 13 episodes of you babbling about it. <laughs> yeah. But 13 episodes that we can use. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, the Warhost program is a program designed basically for somebody that's into Wild West Exodus to participate in supporting War Cradle. And what you're doing is you're kind of, what, you're going to like stores and providing support at conventions and stuff, doing demos or, you know, you're you're talking about the game. You're trying to get more people in the game. Um, a lot of what you're doing is trying to get the you know our love of the game to the community and of course infect more people so you have more people to play right and that's yes. a oh go ahead mike right. well yeah I, that's a fair assessment i i, I would like to say that first off the bat uh with with being a war host number one we are volunteers we are not paid employees by war cradle uh we are volunteers we are also you're not getting paid gamers ourselves <laughs> So <clears throat> we don't get paid. Oh, yeah, officially we don't get paid. That's correct. You know, first and foremost, we don't get paid. You know? Officially and um, unofficially. Yeah. 
Unofficially, and yeah, all that, all that good stuff. So, secondly, you know, as a war horse, I would like to, I would like to, or on behalf of war horse, like to say that at least you must have a love for the game. I mean, I think that we as gamers, innately, we all have a love for the hobby in general, and to be an ambassador for a particular gaming system or company, you know, it's kind of one of the highest honors I guess you could have in gaming, except being like a super world-known champion of every gaming system. But outside of that, to be an ambassador means that, you know, I can represent the company, I can love the game, I don't have to win tournaments, and I can still be a cool guy. Yeah. So I like it in that aspect. And also, you know, a war host or a volunteer war host or community representative, you know, the mission that we have of spreading the game to the masses is a very, very important one. I mean, that's how we keep the hobby alive. You know, the, the gaming industry as a whole doesn't really use marketing. We don't market to the general masses or to the general public. I mean, it's like if you're not into hobbying, you really don't know what's going on. And Warhost or whatever your particular company's brand of ambassador are is the link that keeps the community involved you know, between the companies and the general public for the most part. Yep. So to be a part of that is something that, you know, I, I hold dear and I appreciate every opportunity that I get to do it. Now, I'm now war hosting for War Cradle, but I do have a little bit of pedigree in, in being a, you know, volunteer representative for several other companies in the past and currently. So, you know, as me and as Jan stated when we first started that, you know, we are of legendary status. <laughs> we got we got a little bit of leg in this game, so this ain't our first riddle. <laughs> yeah, uh, if I may, it's you know, like Mike says, uh, this is my, geez, I don't know, fourth, fifth game that I've I've been a volunteer for. I was a press ganger for Privateer Press for over a decade. You know, uh, I did Guild Ball, you know, with the the pundit program as well, and. You know, what Mike said earlier was true is you share your love of the game. You share your enthusiasm as to why this game is fun, why you should spend your time playing this game. You know, and as a as a volunteer, irregardless of what game system, you are kind of a flag bearer on the ground level for these companies to get that face to face interaction with people and saying, Hey, if you want to have a good time, if you want to have some fun, this game is cool, and here's the reasons why. And then you hope yep. they find those reasons to be reasons that they want to play the game. You know, if it, it's anything from, you know, aesthetic is the good hook, but then you got to make sure that they, they appreciate the game and the rules and the camaraderie and stuff. And that was the thing about the press gang that I loved the most. Yeah, we were, we were pushing, pushing. You know, we were showing people how to play war machine and hordes but that camaraderie not only with the press gang itself but also with the press gang and their communities and with uh the people that they played with and that they act as that uh center point for people to commune around and say hey let's all do this thing and have a good time doing it it, it takes a special person to do it there's some people who are volunteers that i think have actually been a negative impact on games yeah, because they're just not uh, they don't understand the as Mike said it the that sense of sacrifice to be a volunteer sometimes because sometimes it's more important to get other people to play the game than for yourself to play the game. Yeah, yeah, it's 
that sacrifice and and you got to be passionate about it too all right so we kind of covered a little bit why somebody would want to be a war host so i, I mean simply how how do you how does any player kind of become a war host let's touch on that i mean it's pretty simple right guys you just you can go on the website they have forms there that you fill them out submit them and more or less you wait for a little bit and wait to hear from gary and they send you a shirt and you're like officially a representative of the company yeah i mean it's the process itself is is kind of simple and and uh I don't want to misspeak for that, the, the in particulars of it, however, but a, just a general overview is I would say that if anyone is considering to be a volunteer or a war host or, you know, a representative of any gaming system, not just War Cradle, but any any system, number one, you, you should know the game. You should know the product, of course. Uh, number two, I, I would I would definitely look at yourself just like Jan just spoke on, you know, do are you a people person? Are you able to relate to the individuals that you're going to be, you know, showing or being an ambassador for for the game? I mean, do you have it? Are you able to articulate? Are you able to teach? Are you a good teacher? Yeah. Are you a good proponent of a, of a, of a demoer? Can you show the nuances of the game, the particulars of a game and not be biased? You know, those things are important because everybody doesn't play the game or see it the way you see it. But you have to be able to demonstrate the game so that everybody can see it, yeah. you know, see it for themselves or see themselves playing the game. And they may not play the game particularly the same way that you or use the tactics that you use. So, you know, looking at becoming a demo, you, you need to be able to be neutral in your explanation of the game and its strong points, you know, some pros, some cons, and then look at various different types of strategies and tactics and, and play styles and be able to express that to the right type of person because everybody doesn't play everybody doesn't look at it a certain way people like the game for various different reasons there are games that may like the game for the aesthetics of the miniatures because as we know this hobby is a two-part hobby the first part is collecting and painting the second part is actually playing there are people who only collect and paint there are people who only like to play yeah. so are you able to give a demo to the game that is able to appeal to both sides of that and then hopefully bring them together. So some of those little nuances I would consider, you know, observing within yourself, are you able to, to demonstrate that, you know, give that appearance before applying to be a volunteer, because it's not easy. You know, it's not just, Oh, I like this game. I'm just going to be a volunteer. It, it doesn't necessarily work that way because you spend a lot of time explaining the game to help the person get into it or to help a person decide why they like it, do they like it, how are they going to play it, and give them a push towards what they may do to be successful in the game. So it's not necessarily, oh, I like it because of this and I can do this and that, that and I play this army and you should do it too. It doesn't necessarily <laughs> work that way. Yeah, unless you want to you know, play the same models against each other. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so looking at those aspects that give you a, a basis of a starting point, whether or not this is for you. I mean, you could be a great gamer and be a horrible demo guy. You know, so those are things that I would look at first. Once you get past all of that, you know, then then you can start looking at okay, well, maybe I do enough in my community that I might want to be the representative to, to to represent this game. Yeah. And then I would, you know, even before you even think about putting in a war host application or going online. You know, volunteer at your local game store, you know, help assist 
with the store putting on events, you know, being an ambassador there on the, the personal level, you know, just show the new guy, hey, this is what we're doing and, and see if people respond to you in a positive light to where they might enjoy themselves. That'll give you the basis of whether or not you're you'll be successful because you can be a quote unquote demo guy or an ambassador of a game and not necessarily be a war host. Exactly. That's actually so. a great point. You don't you don't need the title in order to be a war host. You know, sure it's neat, you get that recognition, it's kind of that that special club and you can tell people, hey, I'm a war host or I'm a I'm an official volunteer. But you know, the proof is in the pudding. If you're out there with your models, if you're showing people how to play the game, if you're helping them take their game to the next level, if you're trying to work with the store to get on their schedule and stuff, you can do everything war hosty and you don't need the shirt for that. Yep. Yeah, you don't need the title for that. And then if and when you decide that you want to officially join now you've got credibility with your store and your store, you know, a lot of volunteer programs, you have to have a store vouch for you. Mm-hmm. And they say, yes, we want this guy to be your representative in our community kind of thing. So, yeah, you know, it's once you put on the title of Warhost, I believe that there's a whole nother level of expectation that comes from you that is expected of you. You know, if if you're if you have that title, if this company has uh, given you that seal of approval and said, yes, you are one of ours, I feel that you have a, a different dedication and a different uh, responsibility to the community and stuff than just, hey, I like to hang out here and play this one game. Yeah. All right, let's get let's get into like different ways that you can participate as a a war host, and this kind of. We mentioned you don't have to be a war host to do these kind of things, but they all kind of go along. They, I would say the one benefit of being a war host is that uh, War Cradle does give you a little bit of support. Will they'll, if you're running an event, uh, a lot of times they'll share it, and if you need like ideas or support from them, they'll give it to you. So some of the ways that you can participate are, well, you guys know this firsthand, con support. What do you guys think about con support? I mean, you guys got to see a lot of faces and a lot of dice being chucked by different people. I think there is no higher level of trust from a company to their volunteers than to put you in their booth at a convention to represent their game to the masses. It's one thing when you're the the big fish in the little pond of your your local store, Mm -hmm. but for a company to say, yes, I want you to be our front men or women, whichever the case may be, to these thousands of people that are potential buyers, and we want you to be our representative. You know, I think that's, I think that's important. I think that's something that uh, I've seen many people not necessarily take with the same gravitas that I may, but it's that I am here to represent this company on their behalf at a major convention that's the company putting an, an exorbitant amount of trust in you as a volunteer. Yeah, it gives you a little bit of pride. And, you know, you want to do your best, you know, show a a the, a fair uh, vision of the game to people. Well, I'll add this. I'll say uh, when it comes to conventions, for a company, like John was saying, it's, it's the highest prestige. It's the highest demonstration. You're, you're put on a grand stage. You, you should know your stuff. I mean... 
the things that I spoke on a little bit earlier are paramount at that level. I mean, you, you want to give a great, great representation of the game, you know, almost flawless, without flaw. You want to know the rules. You want to know the, the game types. You want to know the various factions, their play styles. I mean, and again, you have such a small amount of time to to give all of this info, you know, to so many people repetitiously, you need to be on your A game. So, you know, not that I would say that I would discourage anybody else from that, but when you when you talk about doing demos at a con, you're you're kind of on a professional level as a pro- professional representation. I mean, it says a lot for a company to bring in, you know, volunteers to do that, you know, as opposed to their own staff. So there's a lot as a trust factor is high there, you know. But then again, you know, I say again. It's you're you're on stage, you're presenting the game, you know, you're given you're given a very, very lot of information in a very brief way. Yeah. Still enough detail to make a person decide whether or not this is the game for them, because you, quite frankly, you really have one shot. I mean, when that person is in front of your table or your demo station for, you know, the next 15, 20 minutes, you got one shot to either make them love it. Or hate it. You know, they can walk away, you know, loving the game and saying, hey, I'm all in. And the only way they show you, they make a purchase or, you know, they say, I hate it. They're gone. And then you're like, well, what did I do wrong? So it's a time where <laughs> you either sink or swim. You know, yeah. it's not for the meat, as they say. You know, that being said, cons is, whoo, it's, it's a different animal. That's you know, an endurance match right there. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a very different animal as opposed to your local game store. I mean, at your local game store, it's like being in your house on your recliner. You know, you could do anything, say any day, you know, do it your way. But when you're on grand stage at a con, it's it's a, the, the level of expectation and execution should be of a high caliber, you know, to, to not only represent yourself, but also represent the company that you're volunteering for okay. so as far as con concerned you know like you mentioned another way to participate on the other end is the local local game nights like you said mike it's kind of your it's your step down it's the the place that you can try out different things most of the time they're people that you know you've seen at the store numerous times so that pressure is a little bit less to you know hook them right away you know, that's where you, you can practice your your demo skills. I mean, that's a great way to start, too, for, for you to participate, whether you're a war host or not. I think it's kind of funny because you go to a convention, and it's about your skill as an educator and a demonstrator of the game, right? Yeah. But when you go to your local stores and your local areas, it's about your credibility. It's about these are people that do know you, and they may know you for a long time or not. You know, and, and about stores that may know you. And if you say, hey, I want to see if I can get some of your shelf space for this. Well, now you're talking about their money yeah. you know, and their livelihood. And you're talking to people. You're like, hey, I want your time and your attention for this thing. So what kind of reputation do you have in your local area? You know, is that are people willing to listen to you talk about a new game or are you, you know, unconsciously that guy? That whatever system you're playing, people are going to avoid simply because you're playing it. <laughs> now, we got a guy at our local store, and I keep an eye on him. And whatever system he is currently playing, that's the system I stay away from because <laughs> I've just watched him play. But if he was like, hey, I'm a volunteer for this company, I'm like, uh, yeah, sorry, man. You know, not uh, not interested. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really true. I mean, 
Uh, on one aspect, it is a little easier, but on the same token, just as as John just explained, it it can be quite difficult based on the locale that you keep, you yeah. know, and, and the mindset of your local base. I mean, there's a million games, there's a million things grabbing for your money dollars, a million things. You know, everything every month there's a new shiny. You know, oh, what's yeah. the new shiny? <laughs> and why should I buy your shiny? You know, so as a as in the local scene, well, at a con, conversely, at a con, people are there to see your stuff. So they're coming to you to see your stuff. Not so much maybe at your local store. So the onus there is to convince the people that you game with on a regular basis to try the new shiny that you are selling yeah. and not necessarily selling, but that you are representing, you know, and that could be, a, it could be a task. It could be easy. It could be a task. It depends on you. Again, going back to what I said earlier, it depends on your social skills and how you are and a demonstrator. Yep. I'd like to take a quick moment and say, as a volunteer for any system, if you, can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can hear you, Mike. Go ahead, Jan. Were you on mute, Mike? Houston, we, we <laughs> have a problem. <laughs> no, Houston's fine. We're, we're all here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. You're fine. We're all fine here. Houston's fine. That was a boring conversation anyway. <laughs> one, of, one of the things that I would tell the, the rookie volunteers you know, that I would take under my wing as the grand old man uh, – <laughs> <laughs> is if you ever, if you have to belittle or talk down about another game in order to make your game cooler, then you are doing it wrong. Right. Because there are people who like these other games. And as Mike said, you are trying to convince people to stop playing or add to what they're already doing with their money and their time to shift focus to what you're doing. But if the only way you can convince them is to tell them the thing that they're doing is crap and argue with them why yours is better versus theirs, well, then you're just kind of spitting in their eye a little bit. And even if somebody doesn't play the game, people that hear you, it's like, oh, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to trash Warhammer 40K just to make Exodus sound better. Well, people will remember that. Yeah. Yeah, you want to keep it in a positive light. Yeah, and you can say, well, oh, you like that about 40K? Cool. Similar, I like this about Wild West Exodus, and it gives me kind of that same feel. Yeah. Right, well, yeah, I would say this. I would say if, if you if you really passionate about being a volunteer or a demoer, you know, don't get so hung up on being a war host. I mean, it's great. It's an excellent experience. You know, you get a little kudos. You get a little, you know, uh, I don't even know what to say. Uh, you get noticed a little bit. You know, I'm just a demo guy. You know, I'm not nobody important. I just give demos. You know, I don't get caught up in all the celebrity of it. <laughs> You know, I say, if you really enjoy a system, if you really enjoy a game, play a couple games at your local shop, get good at that, continue to do it. You will build a community. If people like you, they like the game, they'll be there. I mean, it's, it's really that simple. It's, it's not, don't get so hung up on, oh, he's an official war host or she's an official war host. I need to be that. No, you just need to be yourself. You know, if you enjoy it, you enjoy the hobby, spread it. People will feed off of your enthusiasm for it. And they'll either love it, like it, or adopt. You know, it's that simple. You don't take anything personal here if people don't like the game or, you know, you give a couple of demos and people say, ah, right, that's not for me. Okay, cool. You know, it's like pizza steaks and, you know, cheese steaks. You know, some people like pizza steaks. Some people like cheese steaks. Some people like french fries. Some people like, you know, smashed potatoes. You know, everything is for everyone. You know, just as long as you are enjoying yourself 
and you can exhibit your excitement and your love for a game, people will, will, will gravitate to that. I mean, that's really what it's about, you know, presenting the overall experience in the hobby, regardless of what game system it is. I'd just like to say for the record that I am a celebrity, so <laughs> I, I I'm correct. famous. I'm famous on the internet. Uh, I don't. I don't sling the name Devil Squid around as much as I used to. That was a thing for a time, but that is indeed me. Carry on. Carry on. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! You're Devil Squid. One and only. Now watch out! Brian's gonna want an autograph that he can go take it to the tattoo parlor and get it tattooed on his chest. Yeah, it's no. funny. Me and Jan both got into the Warhol program. We're both Warhols at the same time. We both were privateer press gangers at the same time. You know, it's like, wow, the show continues. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's somebody asked me, somebody uh, I was talking one time, they said, oh, you know, War Machine is going to be, you know, last forever or whatever. And I said, you know what? I will stop playing that game or any game when I stop having fun. Yep. Right. It's like, and when I stop having fun, I find something else that looks like fun. And if I have fun with it, then I want other people to have fun with it because then I have more opponents, I have more people to play with. But then you, you enjoy it's a it's a social hobby. I mean, it's yeah. You can sit at home and paint your at your desk like Brian is, but <laughs> it is a social hobby where you you want to take your toys that you've you've assembled and you want to play and challenge yourself to this war game with another person. And that's one of the things that I like about it. Uh, for years and years that I've done it over video games is that I'm actually interacting with people and doing this thing. Now another way to participate and we kind of we touched on it just a little bit but we just haven't said it is tournaments running tournaments whether they're local level or they're at con so this could kind of apply to both something that's fun and get people interested in there's a lot of players out there that play games just because they want to do tournaments oh absolutely and like you said mike it's a way to challenge yourself to test your knowledge of the game and see how much you understand of the system. Yep. Well, again, it, it, it's one of those things where <sighs> it's baby steps. You know, give a couple of demos. Get a couple of people to play with on a regular basis. Get a couple of people to come back a couple of weeks to play for a consistent basis. Get the support of your local gaming store to let you run a tournament at your local gaming store. Now, that in and of itself is a major accomplishment. I mean, if, if you have the, res the respect of your local gaming stores that they allow you to, you know, run a tournament at their local store, that's great. That's fantastic. You can do that without even being a war host. And quite frankly, there are places where, you know, there are gaming groups that don't necessarily have a local gaming store to call home, but they have a local group that they may meet somewhere, you know, once a month, twice a month and play. You know, if you're organized, if you're already organizing a game night or play night, just kind of the same thing as running a tournament i mean yep. it's organized it's a one-day event you you give somebody some prizes at the end of the day i mean it's not that hard than running a regular play day so you know sometimes people get a little bit of anxiety when it says that oh i can never run a tournament it just seems like it's just so much and you know i don't, I don't know if i could do it right i don't know if, I, if i'm if you know performing this right i don't know how to score i don't know how to judge what am, what am i doing just run it like it's a regular gaming day. Yeah. I mean, there are guidelines and rules for every single game system in every single rule book that tells you how to run an organized play day. You know, at the end of it, what makes it a tournament, you get some prizes. Yeah. You know, 
It's really that simple. You know, but first and foremost, before you even try to tackle a, a, a tournament, let's go back to step A. You know, give a demo, get a couple people interested, you know, show them how to maybe put their models together, show them how to paint a little bit if they're interested in that thing. You know, show them how to build a, a competent army list. Play a couple games, make them feel warm, make them feel welcome. See that they're really enjoying the game. Then once you get that, you know, a tournament is kind of like a test of skills. Yeah. You know, it's not that deep. You know, it's really not that, that that problematic. You know, you say, okay, well, I have these guidelines based on how the game is set up. You know, we'll set a points level and we'll have a series of rounds to see, you know, how you guys do. You know, let's not take it that serious. The game, particularly this game, they have said it over and over. It's it's primarily a narrative-driven fun, fun time. I mean, it doesn't take itself too serious. I mean, they're your favorite heroes and characters from sci-fi, Western, dystopian age, you know, you know, some of your movie icons are in there. You know, it's, it's, what, what would happen if this guy teamed up with that guy? What would their adventure be like? Yeah. If you look at it that way, it's just a fun time all the way around. At the end of the day, you get some prizes based on what you did or what you didn't do. I mean, it's it's really it's really that simple. But it's a matter, it's a it's a mental game. It's how you it's how you run it. I mean, it's it's not that hard. You know, so I encourage everyone, if you if you're thinking about doing volunteer stuff, start off with giving a couple of demos. Say, hey. Look at what I'm playing. Or, hey, you know, you like these miniatures? Let me show you how it's done. You know, work your way up to it. I mean, you, you'll be surprised. You know, you, you'll start out giving a demo today. You know, in a month, a month and a half, you'll be running tournaments. It's no, 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 it's not really that big of a deal. I mean, to some people it may be, but I guess because I'm legendary status. <laughs> you know, been around quite a bit. It's, you know, it's, it's not. Like, we're not bothered by the peasantry stuff. So. Yeah, 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 you know, you, you, you pretty much. I mean, it's it's one of those things where I, you, people get hung up on titles, and I think the anxiety is is tied to titles or or a situation where you say, well, it's a tournament, so I have to do this, 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 this. Right. Well, no, not really. You know, just set up. Hey, how many guys I got playing today? Well, you're gonna play against that guy. You're gonna play this guy. We're gonna see what happens. We're gonna play one round. It's it's gonna go this amount of hours. You know, it's a timer here. We're going to start now. We're going to end there. We'll see the results at the end of the thing. You know, I mean, it, you, it, you, you can make it simple. You can make it easy for yourself. I mean, it's, it's really not that hard. And I and it goes back to, like I said, from the gate, how good are you at giving a demonstration? Yeah. You know, how good are you at being a teacher? Because as a, as a volunteer, you don't play as much as you would think so. You know, you spend more time helping other people enjoy the game. It is a self-sacrificing premise. You know, I love this game tremendously, but I spend more time showing other people how to love the game than I do actually play. It's very noble, actually. Yeah. You know, we're, very, so, we're very noble soul. Yeah. Uh, so, for, if I can say a quick thing about... I'm sorry, Brian. Uh, I'm going to interrupt you. Um, oh, go ahead. I think tournaments are, a, as Mike was saying, a natural evolution of your community where you do your demos and then you get your community and then you get your folks that show up on a regular and then you get, you know, they'll hit a point where they're like, okay, we've done enough regular games. We want something with a little bit of teeth to it. We want a little challenge. And that's when you look at running a, a tournament or something like that. Yeah. But it, it it's when you start a new game, it's not like, well, here's this game and we have to do tournaments every month, you know, to, to show who's the best at being cutthroat. You know, with the with the best A list or whatever, it's like no, you know, have fun with it, and the tournaments will happen naturally as the community kind of builds up that energy, saying we want to have a tournament to 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 test ourselves at that next level. Yeah, yeah. So 
Ryan, we haven't heard much from you, and you're doing something right now at your local store. That's another way to participate as a war host. What are you guys doing? Come on, I want to hear some of my Brian. <laughs> okay, so they, so last this past year, I finally got a, a really good uh, store that is equally behind the game as I was, and really good support. And we've been doing events uh, every every third Saturday all year since Pack South last year, and hit Christmas time and he's literally almost sold out of all of the stock he had. So there are tons of stuff in the, in the environment and the spring, uh, it was a slow dip and we had very few pop-ups at the Saturday events. So we're trying to recharge the community. who's obviously busy, right? There this spring, there's so many other distractions that uh, they can't make it to the Saturday event. So in a, in a way of, capitalizing on the amount of players in the area who may have commitment issues with that one day a month because it always is that same Saturday. So we're doing an escalation league. And one of the things, the way we've designed it is it's it's your best game of the month counts towards the league and the ranking. And what I've set up is their points that you get on top of your victory points that count towards the league. And those are, if you play at the store, you get bonus points. If you play at any of their actual, they have a, a skirmish night on Thursdays, and it includes other games as well as Wallowix Exodus. But that that night, if you happen to go to the store, you get the bonus points for being at the store. You get the bonus points for it being uh, an actual event night. Uh, the Saturdays are still going to happen, and those days are going to also be bonus points if you show up and play games there. So it's basically a way of saying, hey, we understand you may be busy, but there's a little more of incentive for you to actually make it out to that those special days because you'll get a lot more points towards pushing your, your league score up. But you can still get game if you can't make it. So you can you and your buddies can meet up and play games. And, uh, you know, it's like, man, I, I really need to squeak out some more points playing this this scenario. So I'm going to go up to the store, get those extra points. Yeah. Uh, we also have an incentive for playing a new player so you convince your buddy to play in the league everyone gets bonus points when they end up playing that new guy <laughs> so the, he's encouraged to play more people because he gets the points because he's a new guy but then the guy he's playing gets the points because they're getting to play with the new guy so it's basically games try until to, he's no longer a new guy um i think it's like a month so that month you get anybody who plays that guy he's new right so it it it, it, it may just depend because if when does the shine wear off when does yeah and you typically know because the game will go smoother but if like say the to or someone has to sit there and explain to him half the rule every game he's still technically a fresh oh, you won your first game no more bonus points <laughs> take the training <laughs> wheels off Take the right, off. now it's time to crush you <laughs> you know what i'd like to say one thing i'd like to add this since we're talking about you know leagues and the various ways that you can incorporate a league and things of that nature i i get asked or i see in the forums people ask the same question when it comes to the points levels and they, you know they look at the rules they look at the red oak starter set they say well how many points are do i need to play well what is the official game size and you know, how much is too much? And all I got is a posse box, so I can't play or I don't know what to do. Well, let me let me set the record straight. 
you can play whatever you want. You can play with just boss guys. You can play with a boss in two faces. You can play with a boss in a bunch of bosses. It, it, it's so wide open. There's, it's like what, what was that? What's that movie? Um, in Pirates of the Caribbean, when she said, "You have to find your, the, there are rules to this thing," and, she, and, and the guy says back to her, "Well, they're more like guidelines, you know, something to that right. effect, you know." So. It's more like guidelines. It's like it's it's a narrative game. You mean it could be two guys walking to a bar. What happened? You know, is my boss versus your boss, or my boss and a sidekick versus your boss and his sidekick. We step outside the bar. We handle it in the streets. You could play it on a two by two board. You could play it on a one by one board. I mean, the game really scales and lends itself to whatever scenario that you can come up with. So I, I, you know, people always ask, well, which side should I play? How many points do I need? What's the points level for this? What's the points level for that? It can go from a soul guy walking down an alley to the grand old union army. Yep. Right. And And, uh, I I really think that ties into what is the community comfortable with? Right. You know, if, if you have people with limited amount of time, you're not going to do 1500 point pickup games. You know, sure. A tournament, you get three or four games in, you have time and space that you've dedicated for it. But if it's like, hey, we're getting together on Thursdays to, to earn our extra points for the league, as Brian was saying, it's like, okay, a thousand points is what I've got time for. Right. Right. You know, and then you and your opponent's like, cool, let's do a thousand points and you play a game. I like the idea about those extra points we're playing at the store, Brian. That's pretty cool. Well, yeah, it, it basically gives, I mean, obviously the store wants all the games happen in there. But sometimes they can't afford everybody to show up that often, especially in an escalation league where you can play every day in that in that hunt for the highest victory point total, right? So this way they know, hey, we're encouraged to go these set times, and they've been that way for a year, right? So it's not like it's new days; it's the same days, but now there's a there's more of an incentive for them to go because we're going to do awards for each month of the league and then a league champion. So there's encouragement for them, not just to casually jump the hey man, You're going to want to get more points. Yeah. Cause there's plenty of prizes available as long as they have, you know, they commit to it. Uh, but one of the things I also didn't do the, the standard gunslinger rules because they do spe- specify boss and faces only or posse box only. We didn't do any of that. So it's wide open. Giving them the ability is like, yeah, I do suggest the scenario, but the scenario suggestion just gives them a bonus points. It's not a mandate. So like I'm pushing, it's been a year. We've done a lot of the basic scenarios in a lot of our games. This is the Badlands summer Badlands escalation. So every week I say, hey, this Badlands scenario is the scenario that'll get you bonus points. So they're encouraged to play these. They're a little more difficult scenarios. In July, the last two weeks of July, the scenarios switch over to adding perils. Oh. So they have to pick up a peril. And again, this is a way of encouraging them to spread their wings, per se, adding a little more difficulty to their games. And it, it does escalate to 1,000 in July and then 1,500 in August. You know, And if, if they are committing and are playing multiple games a week in, in, the, in the hunt for these monthly totals, by then, the last two weeks are Rift and Shack with, uh, I think, that last week, it's like you get to pick your peril. Instead of a random peril, it's you get to pick a peril. 
So then, uh, and each opponent picks one. So it's like, not only is there one peril, but there'll be two and your opponent picks the one they want to bring. So it, it just makes it a even more of a, you know, crazy game because you have the two craziest scenarios and we're going to add perils to it as well. Uh, so just, just to amp up the fun. And, and I don't like a whole lot of restriction. That's one of the, the coolest parts about the posse building and, and while we says this is having, having that flexibility and, it, and we don't want to hinder that at all. We're like, you know, we, yeah, bring your bosses as long as it's still under the point cost of the suggestions that we, you know, bring it, you know, you want to bring all your bosses, you want to bring, you know, I just like the flexibility and I'm pretty sure a lot of people do too, especially if they're still buying what they want. Uh, and also with painting, the painting part as well, there's no mandate for paint, but does give you bonus points towards the league. <laughs> so <laughs> It's encouraging you. Painting and of models course, do that's better. The, it's a scientific fact. Scientific, <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> You've heard it guys from the legends. <laughs> that's right. But it has to be fully painted because otherwise the, the rest of your models are ashamed. <laughs> Actually, uh, Brian, you touched on something that I, I want to highlight because I think it is the most important thing about building a community, and that is consistency of presence. That just having your models on the table on a regular basis, and it, like you said, if it's the Thursday, this is our skirmish night at the store, like if you're there every other Thursday or every Thursday if your schedule allows it, and the store knows you're there and people say, oh, I'm interested in this, it's like, oh, well, this guy's here you know, every other Thursdays, that the, the walk-by factor of people walking by and seeing your toys on the table, that hooks them. And they're like, and that breeds interest. And they're like, ooh, what's that? Yeah, you know, and if and if they see people playing the game and having fun, then they want some of that. And they're like, ooh, they're having fun, but you don't get that if you're just playing the same people in your basement. You don't get that, you know, if you're just playing at conventions. the The most grunt work that we do as volunteers is just consistently showing up at a game store with our toys, sometimes just ourselves with our toys. And fielding questions when people walk by and they're like, oh, what's that? Oh, these are my toys. Aren't they cool? Please talk to me. I'm lonely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's just so true. Uh, and, uh, truth in saying, here is truth of today. Today I had a demo, uh, demo schedule at one of my local game stores. Not one single person showed up. Now, you could chalk that up to the weekend. You could chalk it up to the holiday. You could chalk it up to whatever you like. However... I still showed up. I had all my miniatures and they were on display. Now, I will tell you that this, in giving a demo, your mental fortitude, you could be depressed, you could be sad, you could say, oh, nobody came to play with me, I must be doing something wrong. Or you can go say, this is the day that I get to set up the best diorama that I could possibly do and put my table down, put my miniatures down, put my buildings down, they're nice, they're painted, and just have them on display and just let people look at them. Because quite frankly, you're still giving a demo. You're demonstrating how well your figures look, how well your models come together, what the terrain looks like, what the setting looks like, what's the theme, what's the atmosphere for the game. And you might find people, they might not say anything, but they'll look, they will observe, and then they'll go look on the shelf to see what they could buy. Yeah. So you can still give a demo without actually giving a demo. <laughs> right. And it's also important because it shows a 
consistency of dedication to the store. Yeah. So, you know, nobody may go by Mike's table to actually talk about Wild West Exodus, but the store employees and the store owners, they see that and they're like, okay, well, Mike, you know, even on a down day, Mike's here to, to show the game. So they, that builds confidence in the fact that they can move product off a shelf. Because at the end of the day, that's what a store wants to do is to move product off the shelf. Because if it sits on the shelf, it does them no good. So they can say, okay, with confidence, I can order some things because I've got this guy who shows up every Thursday, whether I want him to or not, and talks about gunslinging, you know, cyborg, you know, outlaws. So I know there's a dedication to it. Yeah, that's actually great advice, Mike, too, for people that do get a little bit frustrated in their demo days and stuff, that you are still kind of demoing. You're showing, you know, these cool guys off, and you're still practicing setting up a board and your painting skills. I I would definitely, I'm taking that in now. Don't get discouraged, because, like, I had a demo today, too. Didn't get as many people as I expected. But people still came. A lot of people just came, walked by, checked it out. So I'm still showing the game off. So it's getting stuck in their brain. They're going to remember. Oh, remember those cyborg cowboy guys? So you're still doing Gotta something. Plant, plant the seeds. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I like to look at it like this. Always be prepared. You know, whether you have a person that you're actually giving them a demo for or not. If your board is set up, your miniatures are there, if your presentation is perfect, you know, you're always prepared. It's like being ready for a test. You always are studying, always are studying. You're always on display. You're always on show. Whether you're there by yourself or the employees are there, you're always just be ready just in case. And, you know, it, it, it doesn't go wrong. I mean, it, it may feel like, wow, nobody's really paying me attention. I'm not really getting anywhere. But realistically, you know, it's practice. You know, it's like practice, 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 practice. Because when it <laughs> is your moment, you will shine. But if you don't practice, you won't be no good. So uh, to those, you know, to be a volunteer, to, to demo, to build a community, you know, it is what we have all said. You know, consistency matters, your preparation matters, and your presentation matters. So, you know, some guys are saying, I'm having a hard time building a group. Everybody's playing other game systems on this game night. It's hard to get people to look at the game. Trust and believe they are looking at your game. They may not say it to you, but they are looking at your game. And if you sit there, you know, consistent enough and show that you have some patience and you have some, you know, perseverance, you'll win some people over. You yeah. know, they might be playing whatever game system, but at some point they will take a break and they will eventually come over and say, hey, man, listen, I see you sitting here every Thursday night or every Tuesday night. You know, you got these minis look great. I don't know what it is. It may not be my thing, but I, I, I see you here. OK, tell me about it. <laughs> you know, and. Boom, that's your opportunity. You can prepare for the game. <laughs> now here's your moment to shine. Rock out. The number the number one hook for people getting into a new game is other people playing it. You can you can buy the coolest toys, you can buy the coolest models. There are some amazing figures. There are some great rule sets, like brilliant rule sets with great models. If nobody's playing the game, it don't do you any good. So just seeing the fact that there is a person, at the very least, a person willing to play a game, that lets the people say, ah, I can buy something and play with my toys, right? Yep. So that's that's the big thing. Lawman rule. 
I got one final thing for you guys uh, that I'm going to kind of state here. It's a little statement. So Uh-oh. see what you guys think about this. Um, Hashtag state. Do you guys think using the Warhost program as a touchstone for all community building type activities is a good one for people to be involved in? A touchstone? Touchstone. I need Tom. Touchstone. Ah. Well, you know, Tom wasn't here, so I had to make fun of your English. Yeah, okay. Thank you. So using the <laughs> Warhost program as a touchstone for, for what? Co- for community building. For community program. Please explain that question. Uh, this is actually one of Tom's questions that I'm reading. God damn Tom, get off, get off mute and explain yourself. <laughs> I mean, do you think uh, half looting with his with his yeah. big thoughts and stuff? Do you guys think the Warhost program is is a good program to help build a community for this game? Um, I mean, well, we kind of touched on it. I mean, that goes without saying. I mean, I, I'll say it like this. I mean, we've been saying that the entire time we've been on here. I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily get hung up on the Warhost or the title of Warhost. Yeah. But if you're a good steward of the game and, and, and a good steward of your local community, then you know you shouldn't have any problem building the game. I mean, it, it doesn't matter if you're a warhorse or not a warhorse. You don't have to be a warhorse to be a good steward of the game to be a community builder. I mean, you just got to be passionate I about mean, it and love the game. To simply put, War Machine and Hordes, from my experience, you know, doing it for like twelve years, War Machine and Hordes would not have blown up as the game it had become if it wasn't for the volunteers. You know, it, getting those passionate people out there, talking to folks, showing them the game, encouraging the community. Uh, I honestly think that not having a volunteer program, even even a skeletal structure of a volunteer program, uh, is a detriment to a company. Because, you know, we're nerds and we're passionate about our toys. Yeah. And if you can, if you can harness that and say, okay, passionate nerd, Go talk to the other nerds and get them passionate about our stuff. You get all of a sudden you have this following, and then you have this community, and then you have tournaments and people wearing cowboy hats and all this crazy stuff happen. People, people fly to countries in Europe for team tournaments, right? Yeah. Let's think about that for a second. You like your toy soldiers so much that you're going to fly to Hungary with two other people and play in a three-person team tournament over a weekend. That's amazing. So if you can if you can get people who are enthusiastic about a game to <laughs> I hate to say rabble rouser, you know, uh, you know, as a as a rules reference, but if you can get the right people in the area, you know, getting their communities excited and charged. I mean, we do carpools for tournaments. We do, you know, we we host and we go to other people's for other game systems and tournaments and you have that community and everyone's jazzed about it. You don't get that from the from the employees. You don't get that from Facebook. You don't get that from Twitter posts. You get some buzz, but to really get that that stampede of people involved in stuff, that, that requires volunteers. Good volunteers, I should say. Well, I agree wholeheartedly. And if you're lucky legendary volunteer <laughs> true right you can't always get a legendary uh <laughs> you can only but bring it's, one it's legend type, one, like one legendary volunteer per boss so right. <laughs> they were lucky at adepticon they had two bosses Stuart and right it allowed you to uh, adopt. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but it, it's it's promotion i mean it's 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 community-based promotion of the game and like i think you both mentioned it earlier is 
if you already have a meta or you already have a a community of game being played, it's that commitment of one of your buddies that is going to bring you all into a game. Uh, whether it's a war host or not, that's what we're inspiring others. You don't have to be a war host to do any of the things that we're discussing, and you don't have to be a war host to bring Wild Exodus to your gaming group. You just have to have stumbled into this game and got lucky enough to to know how amazing it is and want to bring it to your table, you know, and have your buddies share in that joy. And it's an awesome game, and it, it all it takes is that spark brought into your your group and boom it's gonna it'll eventually take off for those of us who don't have that and there's a few of us you'll see uh, every once in a while you'll see a guy post and saying hey i'm alone out here in the wilderness and no one else (laughs) playing um so what 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 do you suggest for that right say you don't have a a store close Mm -hmm. uh, and you really haven't met anybody else who is, is into miniatures uh, what what can we suggest for those kind of guys? Well, apparently, some people like to do podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch! Right? No, no. I, I, like one way is oh, backstab. We currently have uh, the ability to, to watch other people play games because some of them are posting up battle reports. We have a a, a pretty good community in Dark Council where their games are being shared. I meant more of on the line of like, what should they look for in, in, in the hopes of you? Cause if you don't have a game store, you're, you're out there, you know? Yeah. And there's a, there's definitely something to be said about the United States versus the rest of the world. And I've had this conversation with folks about Gilball. Uh, a lot of people just don't understand just how vast the United States can be. Like some of those States are just big and empty. Oh Yeah. <laughs> and you can, and you can, and you can be, you know, like, you could be the lone voice out in the wilderness saying, "This game's cool." Echo, 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 and you know your location just doesn't, you know, help. I'm I'm thankful that I live on the East Coast where you know all the smart people live, uh, where we have <laughs> population density, you know, where I've got three or four game stores within the same distance of me, and I'm spoiled. Like I am, I 100% accept and acknowledge the fact i'm spoiled with that um but it sometimes your love of the hobby has to transcend the models and the game right so of course you can paint uh i like using i mean we have like you said we have so much technology and social media and video reports and bat reps and you can you can really immerse yourself in the hobby without actually playing a game and as long as you are okay with that, as long as that scratches that itch for you, you know, where some people use Vassal for some games or uh, some people, I mean, there's, there's some really creative ways that people get, you know, get to play these games, uh, teaching their children to play so they have an opponent. You know, oh man, time's not even here. I can't dig it. <laughs> but no, it's, it's, I think what it is is if you, if you redefine what your uh, enjoyment of the hobby is, you know, to collecting and painting and showing off your paint jobs. I, I just posted a picture of uh, Makara because I like that feedback. You know, I'm not the best painter, but that's a, that's a, a neat little gold star 
where I'm like, okay, I didn't, I haven't been able to play Exodus in a couple of weeks, but I did something for the hobby, yeah. and people are like, oh, here are your likes and stuff, good job. I'm like, sweet, I get a little kickback for that. Yeah, you're still interacting with the community mm-hmm. in just doing that. Absolutely. Now, I have some tips. Uh, I'm more of a practical, hands-on application type of guy. You know, for the large part, some other games I used to play where no one in my city played. And there are seven stores around me, and nobody played the game that I play. So what did I do? So to answer your question, Brian, more specifically, as to what do you do when you don't have a local playing group readily at access to you? Well, first thing I would do is, number one, move. Well, 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 move. Well, that, that is an option. However, you know, I, I would start looking. I would expand my search outside of my local you know, five mile, 10 mile radius to see where's the closest group that is gaming. You know, sometimes that may be 25 miles away. It could be 50 miles away. You know, for instance, you know, as, as we're talking here, you know, me and Jan, we're about, what, a good hundred or so miles apart? Somewhere, you know, yeah. two, two, two and a half hour drive. You know, and if Jan has an event going on down there in Maryland, I'll get in the car and drive two and a half hours to go play in this tournament. I might play three games, but you know you have to you have to you have to look at yourself. You say, hey, you know what? Do I really like this game? Yeah. Do I really want to play the game? Okay, so I can't just up and bounce and just go there regularly. You know that's not feasible. So you say, okay, well, when are you guys having the next tournament? When when are you having a tournament? If you guys are having a tournament, I can plan ahead for it. You know, it's all posted up on social media. You know, you say, okay, well, normally I wouldn't be able to just make the trip. However, I really want to play. I'm going to save up or I'm going to dedicate this day to travel a couple of hours, play at least two or three games with some people. I, I may not win. I might not win one single game, but at least I get the experience of actually playing other people that share the love for the game that I that I do. I, I wholeheartedly encourage that. You know, if they don't come to you, go to them. I mean, get off your butt, go travel a little bit. I mean, you spend money on these models. You spend money, you know, learning all the stuff about games. You know, get out the house. Go, go enjoy the sunshine. Some, you know, take a week. You know, something, even if it's, even, I would will, I will say this. Money is a thing, you know, but if you have it or you can prepare for it, you save for it, take a weekend trip. Go up to, uh, you know, go across the state lines. You know, come above the Mason-Dixon line, you know, for the week. I, I lived in New England for, like, you know, decades. Yeah. I'm, I'm good. Good. You know? Okay, wait. So you, you, you mentioned uh, the difference, like, the vastness of the United States versus, like, England. And it just used to crack me up. I, I'm like, these guys in England are like, there's no one playing around me. And they mentioned their town. And, of course, I know there are tons of people playing Wall of Exodus in, in England right now. And so I'm, like, pulling up a map, and I'm like, dude, you're like, you literally live closer a, to a huge Wall of Exodus group, closer than my store. Right. <laughs> my store is 45 minutes away from where I live. Oh, yeah, you tell, you tell them, it's like, oh, it's a 30-, it's 40-minute a drive. You're like, that's like three counties over. You know? <laughs> but, but again, you know, if you, if you live in... In England, you could drive three hours and right. be in France. <laughs> yeah, you know, you no, can be like in a whole other country. I was like, I grew up outside of Houston, and it was thirty minutes—a thirty-minute drive to the nearest McDonald's when I was little. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yes. thinking everything was a drive from my house to the grocery store to the everything, 
And, uh, and so it's like, I just don't see that as a detriment. And some of my first demo days, I met up with Clay Bytel. He lives in San Antonio. And that's like two, two hours. But every time he's come into town, he's just like convinces his, his wife and his, you know, his parents to, to come into Houston for the o- overnight. And he just kind of says, yeah, yeah, y'all go Galleria shopping in, in the mall. <laughs> and I'm going to go play all the sex to this. And it's worked out a couple of times. But, yeah, you're right. You know, hey, look look at a, a little bit larger of a sphere and make a plan. There's a – I'm, I'm going to shout out to Eagle and Empire down in Virginia um, who have – they have a bi-monthly Wild West Exodus Day where they set up their whole table with all this great terrain. They have a, a group – of like eight to ten people that play regularly, right? And they show up. But it's just over the Virginia line, about an hour and change away from me. But like Mike said, I was like, there wasn't anybody around here playing. So I made the point that at least once a month, you know, I wasn't going to go down for both their things. But at least once a month, I would pack up my toys, drive down the, the hour and change, play a couple games because I knew there was going to be people there. So I could get that fixed and then drive back. Um, not necessarily something I would do every weekend, but you know, you get that once a month kind of thing just to to experience the game and to be with other people, and it, it helps feed that that uh, enjoyment of the game. Yeah, I mean, just recently in the, in the dark the dark council forum, I posted you know a couple of pictures of me being up in Quincy, Massachusetts, which is like five and a half hours from where I live and people are like, wow, what are you doing up there? You know, so I, I get around, I, I, I truck for a living. So I travel quite a bit and you never know where I will pop up in the United States. I will be at your store. I am actively looking for stores to see who's carrying what game, when they play and if I can get a quick game. in. so that in and of itself, I travel, I, I love to travel. So for those that are overseas listening and say, you know, we're in the UK, you know, I don't have nobody to play. <sighs> Adepticon from my house was 816 miles. Oh, yeah. I drove it. I, uh, okay. what back in November, I experienced that same bit going from Chicago out to Philly. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's 800 and so miles. That's a so lot. For you, for, so for our folks that are in the UK, you know, I hear from stewarding them that, you know, I guess it's about 300 miles wide going across from point to point in the UK. Well, I drove 800 miles one way. <laughs> think about that for a second. I think one it's crazy. Way. That's why I flew. You know, you know how far from the east side of Texas to the west side of Texas? Yep. <laughs> it's, more, it's more than 800 miles. Oh, I've driven it. <laughs> I've driven across 10. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, and that's another thing. If you're going to volunteer, don't be afraid to come outside of your house. You know, venture out, travel a little bit, show your face, you know, get to know some people that you don't see every day. You know, go to different gaming groups. Like Jan just mentioned a, a, a place down there, Empire. I think I might be visiting them pretty soon as soon as I figure out what day is their day because I got to bring the law to everybody. You know, I'm bringing the law everywhere. So just be warned, if you're listening down there in Virginia, I'm a coming. The law is coming. And the hell's coming with them. You'd be surprised at people that you meet when you travel a little bit. You know? So in this hobby, we all have a common interest. 
you know, this goes back to volunteering. You know, be a steward at your local gaming store, but also be a proponent no matter where you go. I mean, if, if you visit an area, hey, search out the local store, see what the game night is, you know, pop your head in, see what they're playing, you know, talk it up, you know, talk, talk your game, talk shop, you know, as we say. You know, you, you'd be surprised some of the friendships that you make, some of the people that you meet, some of the people that you talk to only on this, you know, internet connection. You know, it's different when you get to meet these people in, in face-to-face, you know. I didn't know Jan for quite a bit. You know, he's only two and a half hours south of me. Now, you know, I know this guy. I'm like, wow, I actually met this guy. You know? So He wishes I lived yeah. more than two and a half hours away from him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's all fun. I mean, you know. The hobby is a hobby. It, it brings people together. You know, there, there's just so many things that you could be doing. You know, this is one of the things that I really, really enjoy. It, it has opened up the my world. You know, it, it's it's I've been exposed to so many different things in so many different places through gaming. I can never trade that in for anything. I, it's like we're all connected based on a common interest and the camaraderie is just is it's real. You know, it's it's good. It's a good thing. So if you, like I said, if you, if you want to be a war host or you're thinking about volunteering your local, I mean, there are opportunities everywhere. I mean, you, just be ready. Just practice. Think of your home base as a place to practice. Like I said, work on your social skills, work on your gaming skills. You could take it anywhere. It's a skill that will travel with you around the world. I mean, and, and for that, you know, it's priceless. Yep. yep. The thing to always remember is that the objective of the game is to win, but the point of the game is to have fun. Yep, yep. That and uh, showers and body wash are not optional. <laughs> this is true. That is very. Hey, I want to teach you about my game. Well, I need to be about fifteen feet from you. <laughs> and uh, appropriate, appropriate size uh, clothing. Yep. We don't want those uh, dreadful uh, Magic: The Gathering photos to start showing up with the uh, Wobble Texas next to. Mm-hmm. Just remember, you don't have to be a model; just dress appropriately. <laughs> yeah. Bring your models. You don't have to be one. Exactly. <laughs> one other thing for those that are listening, you know, personally for myself, you know, uh, for those that attended the past Adepticon and, and played in the Gunslinger tournament, the, the first Ooh. Gunslinger Masters, you know, thank you guys for coming out. It was a pleasure meeting so many of you. It was a pleasure giving you guys demos. Uh, we had a really, really great time. I had a really, really great time. It, it was good seeing the community come together. Uh, I do believe we did sell out our tournament, except in, I, yeah, I think we did sell out. I yeah, think we, I think we did. One or two drops. But for the most part, it was a very good showing for our first U.S. Gunslinger Masters tournament. You know, we do look forward to repeating that at the next Adepticon. But this is your opportunity, guys, today to get some, get some, get some games in, get tournaments in. You know, 1.9 is coming very, very soon. It's going to be some excellent changes. Uh, yeah. Warcraft is doing a phenomenal job with this game and the dystopian age and all the present, you know, presentations that they're giving us. Uh, it's just great stuff coming. You know, so for those that want to be war hosts, the ranks, we still got room in the ranks for you. Oh yeah. Uh, I invite you guys to do your due diligence on your local levels, get your game up, and so that when you come on board, you'll be ready to rock and roll. We'd love to have you. Not, not just the U.S. They just recently opened up the uh, Warhurst program for the U.K. and uh, Europe. Those across the seas, mount up. Get it on, all, all right. Well, is there any uh, 
last closing thoughts that you guys want to add to this? Mike, you you just gave everybody an earful with your closing thoughts there. <laughs> so I I could say basically, like you said, Jan, a lot of what we're talking about is having fun. Have fun with the game. It's about telling stories, meeting new people, and just, yeah, enjoying it. So I have a, uh, a personal standard for any game that I've played. I am willing to play anybody one time. Getting a second game out of me is the trick. <laughs> and that's how I feel for my opponents is I want to present a, a challenge and a game that they enjoy so that even if they lose, I get that second game from them. Because, mm. because even... That, I mean, that's the whole point. Yeah, you want to win. Of course you want to win. It's a, co- it's a competitive game, right? So there's going to be a winner, there's going to be a loser. But if your definition of fun is only winning, then you're going to be disappointed because there's always one winner and it's not always going to be you. Yeah. So as a volunteer, I feel it's important that the having fun is the important thing to push and the winning is just the mechanic as to who to determine who won the game. And Mike, I'm sure a lot of people are going to uh, mimic your goodwill about future tournaments at Adepticon. Uh, I know it was a, it was a grand old time and uh, I'm sure if they didn't do it, it would alienate a lot of people going forward, but I'm confident that there'll be tons of, of people playing in the future. Here, here. I agree. Brian, you got any closing thoughts about uh, uh, all this I mean, we're I talking think, about? Uh, thank, thanks for uh, Jan and Mike to chat with me and Eric. You know, we, we get to talk to you guys all the time on, on Facebook and stuff, but uh, it was it was really cool to, to listen to you guys babble about the game. Uh, <laughs> just makes me a little I, more... I talk eloquently, thank you. Yeah, but I don't know that word, and without Tom here to make sure I know what it means... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I was listening to your birthday episode and how y'all were mangling the English language. It was hilarious. Yeah, no, it happens. It, Larkies. We, we need Tom. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I really appreciate you guys joining us today. And here's to some future episodes where you guys might be willing to come back and join us again. And it does make me just a little more of uh, uh it's sad that I didn't make it out to Dipcon to meet you guys in person. So here's to well, a future. Well, Brian, uh, you know, you know, Brian, you know, I hear all that, you know, you know, and from <laughs> lawman to lawman, you know, I'll let you make it up to me when you come to PAX, you brother. <laughs> you, know, I, I, you know, I need to see this Jedi Pow in action. You know, I want to well, see right, what them skills is like on the table, brother. <laughs> that's right, because you don't, you don't. You don't play the Infernal Investigation much. <laughs> Not <Yeah>. at all. <laughs> I have him. He's a down-to-earth law man. So I'm, I'm very interested to sit down and have a discussion on the table with you about the Infernal Investigation posse. Oh, know, boy. Namely one Hina Miller. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, thank you guys for for having me on the show. Uh, greatly appreciate it. If there's ever time you want me to come back and class the place up again, just let me know. All right. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us uh, in this little roundtable of us just talking about stuff. It's more or less what we're good at is just rambling on. <laughs> the only thing gamers like more than their toys is talking about their toys. 
Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's hard to believe people want to listen to us talk about it, but it happens. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm going to go on an old man rant for a second, and I apologize. What the hell is it with this stupid reaction video stuff on YouTube? Where it's like, oh, I'm going to watch this show. Oh, now I'm going to watch somebody who watched the show to watch them be surprised or shocked. <laughs> and then and then there's then there's the the next tier where you watch somebody watching the reaction video for the show and they're like, "Oh my god, how that person do that? Why they it's like I want to do one. I want to do one where it's just grumpy old man watches stuff and they're going to be like, "Oh, it's a dragon." I'll be like, "It's it's a dragon. What the hell's wrong with you people?" <laughs> It's like, mm. like, oh, damn, he done stabbed her. Yeah. You didn't see that coming? All right. Well, you need to read more books. Right. So but y'all heard the same thing. He's he's going to have his own reaction show to the reaction show. Oh, it's it's going to be hipster reaction. <laughs> oh, I'm going to call it Old Man Yells at Clouds. <laughs> damn, kids in their technology. Oh, yeah. No. They, well, the funniest is Game of Thrones just ended, and... Definitely this season. I don't remember seeing any of the reaction to watching the episodes previously, but this was hilarious seeing how it wasn't just people watching it, but now it's people watching, people watching, and then people watching the reaction of people watching the people watching the reaction. They were like, <laughs> what? I mean, and people are watching that. And it's like, why are you? That's just getting weird, you know? So we need to do that, Aaron. We, okay. we got to play a game and then watch and react to the playing of the, the game. Yeah, we need some more YouTube content. <laughs> let's, let's do reaction videos to Battle Hammer. You have to have a, you have to have a YouTube video of, of recording people listening to your podcast. There you go. There we go. Yeah, That's the hook. My, my, daughter, my yeah. daughter got five minutes, and she said, yeah, I had to turn it off today then. And she was. She just kind of made a joke to my mom, my wife, saying, "Hey, yeah, they actually have intro music. I like the intro music." And then they started talking. <laughs> she listens to you enough at home. She wanted to listen to you on radio. Like, well, you didn't even get to the best part. And she goes, "Dad, I don't think there's a best part." And I was like, "No, was like, really? We have a gag reel at the end." And and she goes, "Really?" <laughs> like, fast forward to the part. end. Well, that's what Tom does. Tom just fast forwards to the end. Anyway, I'll go ahead and well, just add to the Thank you guys group. for having me. Yeah, uh, thank you for I coming. I've been of some help to you. You know, I just give demos. <laughs> Eat, sleep, breathe demos. Thanks, guys, and uh, we'll we'll talk to you guys all soon, and uh, we'll go ahead and let you guys get out of here. All right, thank all right, you guys. Have a good night. Time. All right, go to the hospital, gentlemen. I'll just jump into it, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Unless you want to get some, like, Steve Winwood or something. Steve Winwood. <laughs> this is the end of the episode. You know what? That's our segue right there. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and just start. <laughs> Well, we're going to wrap it up, guys, here, and uh, for this episode, it was kind of a long episode. We're going to close it out with a little bit of news, like we always do, and we were kind of holding off a little bit with the news, 
to see what kind of things came out of uh, the UK Games Expo. So that's kind of why this is a little bit later than normal. Hey guys, this is Eric here in the editing closet of the saloon. And I wanted to jump in here real quick and tell you guys about some new news. Since some of the stuff we recorded this episode was done before our break and some of it is a little bit behind since our last recording, but I didn't want to just trash what we recorded. As I'm editing this today and getting ready to upload it, War Cradle just dropped some of the pre-order releases for July. The new stuff that they just posted up that is going to be heading out soon are the huge old Fire Eagle for the Warrior Nation, we also see legendary Tesla coming in for the Union. We also see a support pack for the Watchers, uh, some the Vermilion Sentinels, and Billy the Kid and his regulators are coming out in a posse box for all of us. Let us not forget, they are releasing some more terrain for all of us. This time, not for Red Oak, though. They're going to a different environment, and we're going to be seeing an abandoned swamp table. So, yeah, we're going to see some docks and some shacks that look like they belong in a swamp. So that's going to be out at the end of July, but we will probably talk more about that in our next episode. Like I said, I just wanted to drop this in here since we were a little behind because of our break. So... Let me let you get back to the show and enjoy. Thanks, guys. Carry on. Um, so we have some new pre-orders that showed up at UK Games Expo. We had two new posse sets come out, and we have some more terrain. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of excited for the both these posse set guys. I mean, I just recently got into Warrior Nation, so we have a new one called Death from, from Above, that we get to see Alcon, and it's all the, the girls in there are his daughters, aren't they, Brian? Yeah, so it's um, they teased the Posse Box last year, and it was originally going to have five models, and it was going to have another boss, but they've decided to make that boss a legendary boss, and Alcon has been promoted from race to a boss. Is it a boss? So, okay. I was going to ask you if you knew if he was going to be upgraded to boss or even like under boss, like Jedrick was. Um, no, I, I, he's listed as the boss. The so full, I, full I, I doubt they would under boss him. And he may have team player. Oh, maybe. Uh, Cause then he would be able to still join in, you know, and some, uh, ghost wolf reindeer games yeah i hope so because i i've been since we got the wolf posse i've been using that one uh recently at our game days and i've been putting his current version in the posse just to get some more totems and stuff and some flight he's great for that so you can you know get him across the board fast so all right so once again just like the last most of the posse boxes they they've been putting out they put a little blurb a fluff blur for the posse. So it details like the personalities of his daughters. So they each have their own like shtick. So, uh, I think one's called the, uh, uh actually I completely 
draw a blank, but they each... We're, we're just call them one, two, and three for now. One, two, and three? <laughs> one, two, and three. You know, uh, one's like an aggressive. I think one's like uh, the seeker. So they're, they're the, the coolest part is they are amazing sculpts. The wings and the feathers look really good. Yeah. And even, even Alcon got the up, upgraded wings. He he pretty much looks like the same model except for the fact, yeah, like his wings got upgraded, so Yeah. This is the set my son has been waiting for, uh, anxiously since they previewed it last year. So he, he still plays with his Warrior Nation and when I showed him those pictures he's like, That's the one. I want that. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like the 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 daughters, you know, what they really remind me of is like um Oh, from DC Comics, Hawk, Hawkman and Hawkwoman. That's what they remind me of, Hawkwoman. Right. Yep. So then the other uh, posse that we got that's up for pre-order right now is the Amberclade. And this posse, you know what? Just like the last Warrior Nation posse that came out with Wolves, I think this one may be my diving in point for Watchers. Uh, see, this is, you know, just aesthetically... Uh, I don't like this one as much. Um, I kind of like the ones that had been out already. The, you know, and, and with I like the grays. I like the, the little gray men and the spaceman Martian little theme. I, I kind of I don't like these new ones as much. You like the probe probe guys, the guys that do the probing. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like the boss though. I mean, I just her fluff. Like Brian said, they have the background fluff on their their little pre order page. Just it it sounds so cool. It makes you it makes me want to get it to play it. I'm trying to pull it up well, right now. Well, that's why they do it. They're hooking me. They know how to get hit that bone where I want to buy everything. Yep, they're just trolling the waters with their baited hooks, waiting for you to bite. Oh, man, I'm looking at the posse right now, and it's just. I mean the the sentinels look fantastic. I don't know if it's the paint jobs they have on the website or or what. Because I mean, it's like the paint job they have on her. She reminds me of um, Maleficent from Disney. Now I don't know if that's what the intent was, but I want to paint her just like that. Well, you know they already made Ursula. Now they've got Maleficent. So. You know, maybe they're going, maybe we're going to get Captain Hook next or something. <laughs> Is that so you can, while you're playing the game, you can imitate Captain Hook and yell, bring you Peter Pan? Bring me Peter Pan! Or just be like, me? Smee? <laughs> Why do I hear that TikTok crock? I mean, now granted, I don't have anything other to support watchers like if i wanted to build on this other than the uh i got the old basic watcher posse set so i guess that's enough i i don't know anything about watchers really when it comes to building it may be something down the line but like i said it's just the models look so nice yeah she's cool i i was hoping when they teased her that she was going to be uh the order ah okay well the order just had uh what was it portal vanguard right a lot of people should be getting those and painting them up now oh yeah portal vanguard came out with the new clear 
plastic portal. Yeah, those look nice. I mean, that looks like a nice posse too. Yeah, you got the two new chain chain bladed um, Pro Corolli. But then, yeah, I can't wait to get those guys <laughs> and out. Then what else did we have come uh, come out for pre order? We had I mentioned we had another terrain piece coming out, and this got teased a little bit ago. And I'm kind of happy that they're releasing it so quick after they teased it. Right, the Undertaker terrain piece that we saw teased, and the, one of the coolest part about this new set is it's the first, actually, I guess it technically it's the second uh, Wildwood Exodus MDF terrain piece with interior. Yeah. So the jail obviously came with the interiors. They put up the little jail cells, but then the rest didn't have interiors, and they're just hollow. And um, obviously one of the things that, you know, players and myself included have been hoping was to have interiors. So I was even in the process of making interiors with foam and, you know, kit bashing my own interiors. Well, one of the other things they teased is they they may end up doing interior kits. Yeah, or the other buildings that didn't get their own interior. So if they do that, that's going to be made. Yeah. I so hope... go my ahead. question, for you, my question for you there is: Is that really just for an aesthetic? Because you can't really play inside interiors unless you have a gigantic uh, building where you can actually, you know, break it up into, you know, subdivided spaces. But when you move into a building, you occupy that entire floor. Right. It becomes abstract. So right. Obviously, one of the things they've talked about, and then we talk, talked about this during beta uh, quite a bit when we were, you know, trying to see which way would be best for buildings and terrain to work. And, you know, they've, they've always been open to optional rules of doing the, the buildings in a different way for those who want a more narrative, uh, you know, game where you can go into buildings and, and things mm-hmm. don't don't become abstract kind of like uh, first edition, you know, and so that's still open. And the thing is, is everyone loves finished buildings. So it, I think it's a win-win. Yeah. You don't have to use the interiors, but for those of us who, who probably go a little too nuts, and, <laughs> you know, paint every rivet or paint every buckle. And, you know, that's just another way of the hobby kind of pushing the game a little, you know, how you can do that in, in to your interiors as well. Well, I'm hope you know what I'm hoping too is this is kind of like maybe could be a hint of something coming down the line that could be. I think we might have mentioned this before, Brian, when we were talking about buildings, about having maybe like a another downloadable, you know, supplemental type of thing, like like exactly like what the Badlands are, but just it's additional rules or you know, different rules that you can use in your games where, hey, here's a download. It includes, you know, interior building rules. And then you can have a bigger building. Say someone builds, I don't know, a three-by-three saloon. (laughs) They want to have a a bar brawl in there. They can do something that's a little more thematic and story-driven. And that's something that I like to see that you know the i understand why the building rules are what they are today but but they've never been my favorite thing i i liked the old version of being able to you know move in and out freely around the buildings and uh 
you know, I, I that's one thing that I do kind of miss from the first edition. Yeah, and I I also understand why we don't have them. It's the simplicity of you're playing in a tournament. You know, you're not really as concerned about going in the building and having your little duke out in there. But it would be great, like I said, as like a supplemental, you know, the Badlands or uh, a narrative event type thing that would be a lot of fun. I guess only time will tell. We'll see. So, Tom, we got one more big news thing that came out, and I know you're super excited about it. Oh, my God. Yes, I am. <laughs> um, now, are, are, are we allowed to talk about this item on this podcast? Because, you know, it's not... It's already uh, public, man. It's yeah. exactly on it. Well, you know what? Screw it. You're in the it's wild. It's public, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you go a little, get a little too excited, I'll just edit it, Tom. <laughs> all right. So, um... You squee the, like a little girl. <laughs> my, my, the most exciting news to me that came out of uh, UK Games Expo is the announcement of the Bill and Ted's game. Uh, I, 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 as soon as I saw the sculpt, the, the sculpts were those sculpts or were those renders? Were those just three D renders? Were, the I think they looked like three D renders. Well, if that's what the sculpts are going to end up looking like, awesome. Um, you know, we've got. Bill S. Preston, Esquire, and Ted Theodore Logan, and their phone booth, and oh my god, I just want those so badly, I want them to drop into a game of Exodus, because, you know, they go back and get Billy the Kid, in when they're having their excellent adventure, um, I, I'm just excited for that game, there's not a whole lot of details out on it yet, we know that it's going to take place in between... Uh, the end of Bogus Journey and uh, the new movie that's going to be coming out next year. So we know kind of the time frame that it's set in. Uh, and we don't know a whole lot else. Um, and I don't care what else there is. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting this game and I'm playing the hell out of it. <laughs> so I see. I, I just opened up the page. So it's called Bill and Ted's Rift in Time. So let's see. It will follow the iconic duo as they set off on another triumphant quest through time after the events of Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Excellent. <laughs> I was waiting for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were talking a little bit before we started recording, and I, I mentioned that, you know, if anything, for me, I'd, I'd love to use these as civilians in Wild West Exodus. I, well, okay. I want to build scenarios around them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tom and I had extensive, you know, chatting about the, the possibility of, of some custom scenarios uh, involving a, you know, a phone booth and searching. <laughs> and like, if something happens, you, get, you, you, you end up going on the adventure, you know? Yep. So now, now I just have to sit here and hope that we get, you know, I, I'm curious what other um, models might be part of that game. Let me see. What do they mention here for characters? So we got new and old ones. So, of course, Bill, yep. Ted, Elizabeth, Joanna. Those were their two ladies. Uh, they mentioned Rufus. Yep. Um, and that looks like about it. Oh, man. So no Socrates? Well, they they do mention the Wild West, Napoleonic France, Ancient Greece, and many more. Very nice. So, yeah, it could be. 
I, you know, I'm guessing we could see a lot of those favorite characters like Napoleon from the movies. I mean, just think of the fact that you, we get to have George Harlan. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm just I'm so stoked about this. Um, I, I I don't even really, you know, the game will be fun. I, I, I They can make a terrible game and it would still be fun. So and, <laughs> and, and, and I don't expect them to make a terrible game, but. Um, even if they did, I would still have fun with it. So, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty stoked. I'm a, I'm a huge fanboy of, uh, Bill and Ted's. Uh, so yeah, that's it. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, we'll get some, some news, little blurbs in the next year of when we could expect to see this. I, you know, realistically, I can't see, see it coming out before the end of the year, but then again, who knows? I mean, they tend to surprise us with releases sometimes. So I think, uh, somebody just needs to start working on some scenarios. I'm looking at you, BP. (laughs) (laughs) Some thematic nights, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So that was, that was all the news releases, pre-orders coming out, uh, and pre-orders coming out from the UK games expo. And, uh, at this time of recording, they should those pre-orders should be starting to ship pretty soon. And other new news, new things that I I saw when I'm kind of surfing around their website and stuff. Um, a lot of times when I make events for demo days and stuff like that, I'll I, I love that they do this. They have some of their artwork as wallpapers, and you can download it and use it, you know, for whatever you want. And uh, I noticed that they they put up a bunch of new wallpapers with some of the more recent posses that have come out or characters that have come out. And uh, if you guys want to check those out and download them and use them for stuff, the, they got some really neat new ones there. They got some uh, just general, uh, almost like a pattern. I think they had like a red or a blue type thing, just if you want to put something on your computer screen. Like I said, I, I use a lot of them for when I make Facebook events. Yeah. And then uh, we mentioned, I think, Brian, you mentioned it briefly when we uh, had our, our sit-down roundtable chat with Mike and Jan, and we were talking about Warhost. So they just opened up the Warhost program further than just in America. That's right. So they opened it up in Europe and the U.K., and so, yeah, we, we've been seeing all the new Warhost you know, popping up. So congratulations to the new ones. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of activity too. Uh, you know, being war ho- in the Warhost program, you know, we get to see uh, in there's we have our own little you know there's a separate like Facebook group and there's like a great place for people to share ideas and uh, you know help promote the game. We're starting to see more and more new players that are jumping in to show other players in their area the game and you know it's really become a community of helping each other out which is great uh that's great to see uh, yeah just this last week we've actually seen some of the newer guys share some some stuff that we haven't seen you know and because they have their own unique skills that they're bringing straight up and sharing them so one was a sign it just a simple sign up sheet yeah, but because he's a graphically inclined guy, he put it in Photo Photoshop or whatever, and it 
it uses the same, you know, aesthetic as a lot of the stuff we get from War Cradle, and it looks really cool. And he even put in, I guess, a little bit of commentary uh, as if it was Jesse James was helping with it. So <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny. Yeah, so us us old dogs can actually learn some new tricks, right? Well, I would I would refer to ourselves as dogs. Okay. Uh, I, w- old I, I wouldn't coots? assume we can learn any tricks either. <laughs> coots is okay. Coots. Who are you calling a coot? Coo coo coo. So I mentioned that uh, some of the last month's stuff should be shipping, and people are getting them and stuff. Just to kind of go over what those were real quick. So me and Brian mentioned the Portal Vanguard. We had my number one character in the game, Creation 7. The new, the reissue of him came out. I think they tweaked him a little bit. We have the Phonic Blaster Menials came out. And the nice thing about these guys is they're actually coming with a separate sprue that's of the... Um, the sonic weapons that you can put on the gun dogs. So, you know, if you have gun dogs that don't have their guns on them now, or if you magnetize them, which, God, I wish I did this, uh, you can get these guys, and then you'll have another weapon option for them. We see Magenta Alpha. They So they, you know, tweaked her a little bit, re-released her. And then also the Gray Elite Myriads unit came out. Let's see. I think that about covers everything we wanted to go over for the news for this episode. And uh, we can get it out. Uh, did you guys have anything else you guys wanted to mention before we close it out today? No. No? Hey, have fun. Get some games in, guys. Get some games in. you get any games in yet, Tom? I don't get to play games anymore. My family life will not allow me. <laughs> I'm thinking maybe the end of July. Maybe. <laughs> Well, you know what? By then, that death from above will be out, so you'll have to get that and the wolf posse for your son. Well, you know what? I was actually talking with him in the car today about it, and I was like, "Grog, I never get to play Grog." And he's like, "I'll play with you, Dad." There you go. I was like, "Yeah, when?" He's like, "We'll figure it out." There you go. There you go. You got you got your playing partner back. All right, guys. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for us for this episode. Thanks for listening. So you guys want to get a hold of us, you know, follow us on Facebook. You can please, please send us an email. We're always looking for some questions and uh, suggestions for the show if you guys got ideas. And you can email us at blackhoofsaloon at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And... We have Discord too, don't we, Tom? I know you you're on there we, a little bit. I, I go on there when I remember to. Okay. So, <laughs> so, so don't you know, I mean don't count on Discord? Um, I, that's you know I think I show up on there fortnightly. Okay, and I mean I I get on Twitter once in a while, but I actually I kind of prefer Instagram because we can post more more pictures, which right. I like pictures. but go to those places guys if you guys want to follow us and see what we're blabbering about or if you want to you know make a comment to us about the show or pose a question because i eventually would like to have another uh uh uh, pony express mailbag bonanza so send in some questions so listen guys whether you're busy buying up 
every model you can that War Cradle makes to increase that mountain of gray. Or if you're demoing like a madman in the quest to become legendary, remember to always ride with the sun at your back and always roll those big crits. This is Eric saying take it easy. Brian saying howdy. Howdy. Uh, This is Tom going, okay, I will take it easy. (laughs) We'll talk to you later, guys. Bye. All right. Thanks for stopping by the Black Hoof Saloon, y'all. We hope you enjoyed your visit. Feel free to get a hold of us with comments or questions via the interwebs and shoot us a telegraph at blackhoofsaloon at gmail.com. You can also find us on the Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. Music for the podcast was provided for use by Ross Bugden and can be found at one of his YouTube channels, Ross Bugden Music or Ross Bugden Composer. Until your next visit... Ride with the sun at your back and always roll those big crits. being a blast weapon it just knocks you back because it hits hard is tom on mute i don't know tom are you on mute uh yes yes yeah, i he am. was i kept kept trying to talk in there too damn it <laughs> so wait so wait he he got good hammer hands yeah those things were scary you're all just cowards they were fine <laughs> <laughs> hands where you can do, hit them with you so, know so you got, right you got hammer feet he's got hammer toes <laughs> hammer <laughs> toes <laughs> oh my god yeah Tom we're not going to let you name it <laughs> <laughs> hammer Why toes that'd be awesome <laughs> to get extra powers where people are kind of grossed out Right. It's like, ah, oh, I don't want to go near that. Give him to Broad Arrow Jack. And kick off his boots. <laughs> he's like, he's like, hey, here's my hammer toe. <laughs> oh, I got something else that's popping in my head. I'm thinking of uh, Mr. Deeds where he's like, here comes the Blackfoot. <laughs> Shoot, I don't even know what Brandon's last name is. I could figure it out, but uh, War Cradle, Brandon War Cradle. <laughs> I mean, when I introduce him, I, I don't want to say this is Brandon War Cradle, and and here we got Mike War Cradle. <laughs> Are they brothers? Oh yeah, they look a lot alike. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're the brothers. I can see the resemblance. <laughs>
just a reminder that Mike turns into a pumpkin at nine o'clock. Yeah. Well, when my eyes get super puffy, you'll know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Eric, if you're recording and you get some mic snores, awesome, um, on record. <laughs> Well, we shouldn't because I'm actually occupying the other half of my brain with Xbox. No, so there you go. So you still <laughs> Offered uh, oh, to read it too. Oh, hey. uh, someone's back. I thought you I thought you went hey, to bed, Mike. Hey, you still here? Yeah, I thought you were going to bed. I'm, I'm <laughs> past that threshold now. <laughs> Are we done? Yeah, we're, we're done. done. Yeah. I was just telling man. these guys, um, I'm, I'm reading something uh, Stuart sent me. Ooh. It's too early. To... Back again? I think so. Yes, yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> my first time Skype you. No, you got you to exit out the program, man. I'm trying to get this thing off my, my iPad. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, fellas. Good night, you, man. <laughs> All right, he's gone again. Okay, now he's gone because I only see three of five. Yep. <laughs> Unless he pops back in. <laughs> I told Brian the other day, I said, well, I mean, those minis are nice looking. We can use them for civilians and stuff. Oh, absolutely. I'll have Bill and Ted run around every board. <laughs> they'll, they'll show up in the watcher's base and they'll be like, bogus. <laughs> They'll mistake the third man for uh, death. Yep. <laughs> Give him Melvin. God, that movie is so bad. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. It's good. Yeah, it really is. Just tubes of toothpaste. They start blowing away, blowing away the cavities. <laughs> man, this this is gold right here, Brian. You're shaking your head. This is gold. This is outtake gold. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that was that was one of my old favorites